Blog Talk Radio. because I'm going to try to teach school during COVID. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> when this movie came out last summer, I'd already seen Bohemian Rhapsody, and that movie was a neutered version of Queen and Freddie Mercury. So I really wasn't expecting much out of it. But yeah, then the trailer that's, started um, coming out, and I was like, this looks good. Right, because Bohemian and Rhapsody was terrible, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. The guy performed great as Freddie. It's just it was, even the casual fans knew that that movie was neutered to death. <laughs> right, right. And those of us who, who Queen burst upon our scene as a teenager in high school, Come on, that movie was not what we were expecting. No. They took a guy whose opening pickup used to be, what's the size of your dick, and turned him into, (laughs) hi, how you doing? Yeah, he's stupid. But this one, when I went to see it, I was like, Oh, it's R-rated? This might actually be good then. And then when I watched it, this is Vicky's first time, my jaw dropped just on the pure honesty and how honest, brutal this movie is on himself and honest about his life. Well, those of us that grew up um, during that time, uh, Elton John was like this breath of fresh air 
because even though, you know, Queen, um, Freddie Mercury, uh, David Bowie, who was just a little bit older, just a little bit, um, David Bowie had that persona of being um, mysterious, um, not quite heterosexual, not quite homosexual, kind of bisexual, things that we didn't even talk about back then. And But it was Elton John who was just like, I sing, I dance, I perform, I love it, I love sparkles, and I'm also gay. That was totally different than what was put to us back then. And it was refreshing to have him be brutally honest with the things that were happening. I mean, the media portrayed him first. They loved him, then they hated him. It was um, quite a ride for him. And I, I'm so surprised that he's still alive. <laughs> I think we talked After about that one. the movie... You'll be even more surprised that he's still alive. He would say that himself. I think he has. I think he has. No, there's I think only, that like because said, of the time. In, there's only two movies I watched in the theater last summer, and that is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and this one. Right. Right. Yeah, last year was so different than this year. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the best. And we have it here at basically when the Paramount logo comes in and we're about to start in five, four. Are you ready, Vicki? Yep, I am. Three. Two, one, go. Okay, we have like the Paramount logo right here. When I seen it in theater, I, I paid extra money to watch this in concert level stereo, and it does, and it was worth every penny. Well. And it I love to like hear that concert. right here, the Spyglass logo. This song, and the one I, I played a little bit at first, is really one of the most important songs of the movie. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Well, that was the big, um, the giant song. Yeah, but you'll see what I mean when it when uh, it pops up later in context in right. the film. These takes his songs and puts them to tell his story, not how they were written, but how it seems like it just figured into the story. And like movies nowadays, we are like 30 or so different freaking I love all that sparkle. Yeah. I love it. it you're seeing this, and you're expect 
you're expecting right now the epic music, him walking out on stage, aren't you, Vicky? Well, that's the way a normal movie starts. Right. I mean, it's a, like a normal there, and he's biography. in costume, and you see the light behind him, the music swelling, and it's getting bigger. And... He's at a rehab clinic. And yes, this... And at the time this is set, this is set in basically 95, 96. It's third and final successful attempt to go to rehab. How brutally honest is that right just right now, Vicky? Okay, did you ask me a question? Yeah, how brutally honest is this about himself just right now? Well, I think these things are all very public things about him. Yeah. So if the movie's going to be an honest movie. Like I said, most people, when they're doing their own movies, they would cover it up. And there's him as a little kid. And look how much scared he is of Reginald Dwight. Yeah. You win the bitch gets back. Right.
father was a travel a merchant marine, I think. But all I know is he was a traveling soldier. And there's his grandmother, the only really lo- one of the few loving family members he had as a kid. There's his grandmother in there, Vicky, the one that yeah, you said I saw her. That lived in Prescott, where you got to see him in concert. Yeah, no, um, Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, he used to visit her a lot, and so if there were concerts going on, and he he liked the, the people, he would he would come on over for a surprise guest appearance, and so that's how I saw him live. Yeah. And yeah, that is the thing about him—he can play anything by ear. <laughs> That's how I learned how to play the piano, just like that, by ear, before I learned how to read music. Oh, I like this actor. Look at his costume already it's uh or the facade it's already falling apart right the the wings are gone. It's seeing people like this that makes me glad that some people never had uh, kids because I could see them being this kind of a cold and distant uh, father figure. Well, you know, it was a different era. Most fathers were like that. Parents have changed. Maybe not for totally the better, but no. most parents were cold and distant. Yeah. Or maybe not cold, but but distant, because the whole Dr. Spock thing, um, even though Dr. Spock said, you know, love your child and all, there's always a, a part of this distancing, like what's going on here. Well, this is why he's an alcoholic. Yeah, he shows it there. And how do you like it? He's reading music. I love it. Now, this is how you do a, fan, a really great fantasy musical. And doesn't this fit his personality? Absolutely. And then, But as a child, children have these magical, fantastic imaginations anyway. Yeah. 
And I think what Elton John could do was hold on to his his childlike wonder. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> just look at that. You could just tell Francine that she already knew, didn't she? Who, the grandmother? No, the mother. Asking his opinion on fashion? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, see now that that's that's and look who took him. Of course. That's why he set his grandmother up in Scottsdale, Arizona. He didn't set anyone else up. He wanted her to be close. He he played and lived in L.A. area, and he and L.A. to Scottsdale in a private jet is is less than an hour and a half. And he used to go see yeah. his grandmother and stay with her all the time. But I've heard of the, the reason why he changed his name and changed his name legally to Elton John is that Reginald Dwight was him when he had no courage, he had no sense of himself, you know. Right. Elton John, Elton Hercules John was the strong one. He was the singer. He was the bitch. Perfect timing. She sees it. He never knew till he was older how hard it was to be able to play by ear like him. Well, she's smoking at the table. Yeah. I love how he... This has always been one of my favorite songs of his. I love how they use it right here. Mm 
This is just so beautiful. That kid's great. But how do you love how they use it to tell the psychological story of all three of them? Yeah. I love this that. This is great. Great storytelling. Just by changing a few words in the song. You've seen the original video to this, haven't you, Vicky? Um, it doesn't come Where, to mind, but I'm sure I have. Uh, it's done by uh, Robert Downey Jr. just right after he cleaned himself up for the final time, and he just looks like death. I'm sure I'm that rings a bell, but it seems like it was a very long time ago. That could echo so many people's lives. Yeah. I can remember how, in my house, how it was like that. Elton never had a problem with his stepfather either. My brother caught my dad doing that same thing in a car at seven <laughs> eleven. I know this I know this story. Yeah, the names have changed but the story is the same. Yep. And the grandma can't do anything except love the boy. The best thing about Taylor's performance is you don't realize until you really think about that that is someone else playing Elton John, do you? Well, the story has got me. So. 
Yeah, but he's got the voice down pat, the way he looked back, yeah. you know. His gestures. Yeah, he said that's the best gift anyone give him is when his uh, stepfather brought him home that. <laughs> Actually, he's 25, I think. <laughs> Definitely has the Elvis look. He's bored. This is actually true. He his uh, uh, stepfather's friend owned the bar, and his friend and his and he just let him go up there and play. Well, that's good. <laughs> hey, we got a bag. <laughs> I wish I would have seen it in the theater. over what was happening in England at the time because you know bar fights were really pretty normal in England especially in certain areas listen to the Who's music and listen to their history yeah (laughs) there it goes 
kept Elton all right. I love the fact that they're not using they're using his uh 
songs, but they're not using the biggie, biggie. They're not just using the big hit. Right. Like, how many besides Hardcore Elm Van John songs would know thank you for all of your loving? Yeah, true. Exactly. Okay, and here's where the songs start going out of uh, time date, you know. A lot of people complained about that. I'm like, screw you if the song fits in the same place. Because uh, Candle in the Wind didn't come out about 19, late 70s, right? Right. Well, not late. Wait, let me think. Yeah, I was in Fresno already. Yeah. Elton. And that is true. Look at his face. And a picture glowing. of the Beatles up on the walls and picked John. You can guess who wrote that, who those songs are from. Yeah, there it is. The Dirt Cowboy himself. There has, you know, there are few that are meant to be together. Daniel, I love that song. Oh my God. I love you, Bernie. <laughs> I do. His songs just talk to me. His words. I'm not going to. words just. Oh. Yeah, I love the fact that this is really a Bernie Cop and Anna Elton John movie. Well, you can't have one without the other. No, you cannot. This is the, one of the greatest pairings ever. This is a song I didn't hear until this movie, but I love it. I like that guy. They picked the right actors. Yeah, they, right. they picked the right actors for this. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm using the radio at my 
Marty Robbins. Oh my God, Bernie Thompson like Marty Robbins. That is one of my favorite albums of all time, Guns Gunfighter Ballads and Trill Songs by Marty Robbins. Oh God, Marty Robbins, my very first ever first person I loved as a singer, even before Elvis. I love that jacket he has on. I love corduroy. I love corduroy. I have to say that I wasn't an Elton John fan and tell my one I had two best friends and one of them's name was Bobby and she said you have to come to my house and you have to listen to this album and I'm going to convert you over to loving Elton John and it was uh Madman Across the Water and Ooh, she and yeah Lisa and Mad Hatter, sons of doctors sons of lawyers yeah. His name's Dick? <laughs> yeah, that was their, the first, uh, those two were the first one that took a chance and put their first albums out. Hundreds inside him, and so does Bernie. <laughs> Depressing another one.
Where's that honky tonk cat? Ooh, I like that. Hanging horse in the back. This is a little bit changed because uh, his first wife, her, was a a wealthy hiring. Elton is one of her toys. Oh, I oh, seem to after, remember that. You notice all this movie they've been pussyfooting around the fact that he's gay? Right. Just watch this scene and see. This is when they just yeah. cut the bullshit. Oh. What about what about hot chicks and cocaine on them? What about being a boy? What about the fact that you're fat? <laughs> <laughs> your little friend. What? Your little friend is a homosexual. But Thank goodness, Alex was just about ready to crack there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, they just don't hide it, do they? Velvet jacket now. He can get. He got a new jacket. <laughs> it's that other guy's jacket, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Well, she's got money. Her parents put her up in that place. Yeah. He was the one who caused him to really kill himself. He wrote that, which the song Someone Saved My Life Night came from. Right. Exactly. You are sick the You have an amazing voice. And I'm telling you, there was something special that Because if they would have had a relationship, it would have all soured. It's better that they had this kind of love. He needed family, not 
Yeah. You need a duck. Yep. Me, the brother I never had. Right. Until he starts making real money, Mama. Actually, his stepdad is supportive. Yeah. His mom is just, she's a narcissist. Being raised by a narcissist is one of the worst things ever. Fashion magazine. Yeah. And every day she's perfect. Yeah. But she doesn't do anything. Like all true narcissists. Have you picked up what song this is yet? Well, that the deep part of it. You're gonna cut his hair, huh? I first knew this song through Three Dog Night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The true story behind this song, it's another one of Bells for the Films, is that uh, Bernie's first uh, daughter. Yeah. When he seen her get born, it overwhelmed him so much that he went up on the roof of Bernie's house and wrote this song. And he gave it to her as a gift. That um Yeah. I was gonna tell another story but What story were you gonna tell? Well, um, Steve Howe of um, Yes, the song The Clap, he went and he he um, wrote that song when his child was born. Can you imagine how much... Uh... She won't say. She says she's living comfortably just off that one song. 
Would you doubt that? No, huh? I love the fact that they kept the 70s sound to the music rather than trying to make it modern. Yeah, thank goodness. That's another complaint I had about Bohemian Rhapsody is they took the songs that made them sound modern. Brought people to tears. Oh, fuck you, Dick. Yeah. 
That's one flash, and I'm glad that disappeared by the 80s. Would you want to hear that before you play the show? What, that, that Neil Diamond and Leon Russell are at the bar? Talking to half of the Beach Boys. Yeah, but those guys were always hanging out. I've seen Leon Russell, I don't know, three or four times, just showed up at one of those concerts I've been to. Yeah, but still, just imagine how nervous I would just be like, oh, fuck it, I ain't going out. His famous, uh, I saw him play a piano just like that. Oh, just wait. Get out there and do it. This is definitely a movie for the West Coast person, not an East Coast person. Maybe that's why that other person didn't like it. (laughs) I think that was his baby right there. He had fancier pianos, but that's his baby, you know. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Damn, I wish I would have seen this in the theater. I tried to get you to if you remember. I know. Yeah, well, cool. All that work. Just imagine seeing it in the kind of stereo where, like, the whole theater shaking and you. Right. It was that concert right. experience, especially when it explodes here in a minute. Just boom. Well, out here, probably people were dancing. It's. I don't yeah. know how I could sit in a theater. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Neil Diamond? Uh-huh. 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 Yes. That's Vicky well, right sure. now. That's Vicky right now. The audience is how Vicky's <laughs> reacting right now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that's how they all felt. That's how I felt well, when I, I just see him playing the P-Funk All-Stars. Ooh. Well, he wasn't, wow. I went to see Steve Miller and Boss Gags, and Elton John comes out, and it was like, it was like fantasy land. It was so great. Yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> la, 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 la. 
No. Thank goodness he was not in San Francisco. Thank goodness he was in L.A. Yeah. I mean, no, it he, baffles me that a gay man couldn't get laid in 1968, 69 in L.A., San Francisco. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he... But see, he hasn't embraced who he is yet. He's, yeah. He's embraced the entertainer, who he is, but he hasn't embraced the other part of him. Yeah. And that's where his drug abuse, his alcohol abuse all came into play. Another one, and probably the biggest of uh, Elton's abusive relationships, because that's the only way that he knew from watching his mother and father. Right. Well, that's how kids learn, is they learn from their parents. So if you have fucked up parents, then you're you're not going to have a chance with a relationship. Yeah. What's normal? Yeah. Freddie Mercury died of AIDS, you know, so, and Elton John never got it. By the grace of God, well, you know, literal meaning of that term. Yeah, but, you know, it's, I still think that he he was, even though he says he was a sex addict, and everyone, his persona in the um, in the media was that he was a sex addict. Um, he did not get AIDS. Well, he had more than one shot at it. He was a drug addict. He was a sex addict. <laughs> right, but I I don't think he shot up drugs. Yeah. 
John made it a duo, but everyone was doing it at the time. I think this is the only duo that he ever did that hit. Well, everyone was doing it. I'm sure that the, even though he's a multimillionaire, he still did what they told him to do. Uh oh. Uh oh. Isn't it? I just think it's ironic where they are uh, having their tryst. Yeah, well, that's totally passive aggressive. And well, they're in the closet, is what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes, true. But he's such a dick. Yeah, I mean, and Elton is really passive-aggressive, you know. Yes, well, that's what he learned from his parents. His father was so passive, his mother was so aggressive, and yet 
they flipped roles a lot too. I mean, that's what he learned. Oh, honky tonk. I love this song. Yeah, this is this is before the other song. Yeah. I was honky cat. Come back, honky cat. You can tell this is a Bernie song because it's singing about going to the country and being a cowboy and redneck and all that. <laughs> you can always tell a Bernie song. We used to talk about it all the time back then. Who do you think wrote this one? Bernie wrote this one. You can tell. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I used to just wish I could dress like I wanted to dress like not create I I'm not flashy like that, but he just quit those days and my redneck ways. I'm sure back in the seventies he didn't realize how much he really meant to the gay community with him just being his even before no, he came himself. Out and said it. You know. Right. I used to sing that song a lot when I moved from Arizona. <laughs> Those pinball machines that cost you a pretty penny nowadays. <laughs> And they're gorgeous, too. I'm sure you seen a few of them back then. Right. Right, yes. Never worth it to fall in love with Rob Stark. 
You know what? I bet he gets love and affection from his wife. Whereas Ew. his mother turned off the father so much. I'm not really into the this part of the storytelling. <laughs> I mean, I can understand Elton's feelings, definitely. Yeah. My dad loved his stepdaughter more than he ever loved me. He's just a cold bitch, ain't he? Just cold. Yeah, he is. Yes, he's a passive-aggressive cold motherfucker.
passive-aggressive dick. Would you say the shit to me if you were a real friend? 
Now Elton John is his job. That's kind of sad. And the one person who's trying to help him. Oh, right. Just remember, Bernie and him had a had a hard time there for a while. Yeah. In a way, I think his music, to me, got a lot better once he put out the bullshit. Right. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Tommy, there he goes with... Yep. Yeah, this was John And in case you heard that noise No I don't have chickens in my room (laughs) But I do have a dog that clucks like one When she wants her belly scratched who love him. Yeah. 
Shower. weekend, did we read about the next day Elton John got his stomach pumped? Mm-hmm. It was a common thing for a while. In the papers. All the time. A couple of years ago. Yeah, there. he actually did this in the middle of a party. His family and everybody was here. There. Well, it was a a good thing, though. <laughs> the Rocket Man song part is not, but he did actually did try to kill himself like that. Yes, he did. Not just once. I have this on a 45 record. (laughs) And I kept my record perfect. Here's that little kid again. I love this line change right here. Yeah. The whole exact timeline of this team from the start to the end of it it's three weeks, people. Mm-hmm. 
I'm so glad he didn't die. This is what this. Did you hear what the fuck this asshole said? Did you see that self indulgent little prick? Yeah. Oh, yep. See, that shit happened. I don't know how many times. They used—I don't know how many. I always thought this was a a predictor song. Yeah. Because this song, if I have a 45 of it, it came out a long time ago. Well, we're at the the concert he did in Yankee Stadium, and that's around 80, 81. No, Rocket Man came out long before that. I know. I'm just talking about this concert right here. Oh, yeah. So it actually fits. And yes, it was three weeks between him killing himself, like at nearly dying of a pin overdose, to then shoving him out on stage. Look up the concert itself and you'll see how stoned and still horrible shape he is during this show. I think that people were surprised he didn't die from the show. Yeah. If I remember correctly. This was one of the first really big rock and roll concerts done on HBO Live. This is when him and Bernie had his had their troubles. Yeah. I mean, look that at him. Been He's trying his damnedest to get him away from all this drugs, all this bullshit, and all this. Yeah. Well, that's what L.A. <laughs> That's what L.A. can do to you. Oh. This is an Australia show at Dame Edna. 
And he was drunk off his ass during this show. He was so drunk he didn't even know he did the show to afterwards he read in the paper about how much shit that he was catching from the press and his audience. The drugs. He only did, I think, maybe three or four songs. You might know more about this than me. And then just walked off on stage. And speaking of the AIDS thing. Just keep an eye on the gay dancers behind him towards the end of this scene, Vicky. Okay. Wow. See, look at the dancers who are holding him up during here towards the latch, and you'll see something. Do you see it? No, I don't know what you're talking about. They have gray splotches all over their bodies. Oh. He don't know how he didn't get AIDS. Right. Or how he he didn't die from the freaking alcohol and pills. Yeah.
Yeah, because he sucked away so much money, he doesn't need you anymore. I doubt that. And he ended up breaking the contract. Yes, he but did. But that didn't happen about 93, 94. And let's be honest, about 82 to 84, 85, his music was crap. <laughs> yep. That's because he didn't have Bernie. We all knew it, all us old people. And he had his too much. Yep. Yeah, yeah, all right, tears in my eyes. He's lying to himself.
that happens in relationships. But she knows what she's getting into. It's not like he's lying. But doesn't this look like his mom and dad? Remember, he wrote this song right here for her. God, that's a pretty blouse. See? Yeah. I don't think she was asking about the sex. I think she was asking about what marriage is about. Yeah. bathroom. Looks modern to me. That's 90s. Well, they had those stupid bowl sinks and all that. And that... Oh, they put them in the new houses now. What? They put them in the new houses now. It's disgusting. Mm 
is pretty much almost to rock bottom. Yeah. Well, he had to get there or die. I got some new music for you. Him away. Elton just pushed him away. Yeah. He, he was there to help him. Oh, this is the last time. I just read an article the other day about people who grow up in a cold house. They can't accept even love from others, and they self-destruct. 
Gorgeous outfit, though. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> yeah. That orange and red, those horns, those wings. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. But, uh, Was he up for an Academy Award? Yeah. No, I don't think he got nominated. Well, kiss on them. Yeah. I just love how to use it like a two-part song. Hopefully, right. to realize that Bernie needs to stop enabling him and him. Well, it is a two-part song. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, two characters. Right. No, the song is just like how they use it. I don't know who wrote this screenplay, but they're brilliant. Is that the Betty Ford Center? Yeah. And in the deleted scenes, it shows him checking out of rehab. And uh, seeing Ryan White's story on TV, and that was uh, part of the original longer ending. So that was mentioned. Look at that. Puma. Puma was huge in the ni- 90s. How do you like that admission? I started acting like a cunt in 75, and I did forgot to stop. Exactly. We all do, though. 
There's his grandma. Remember? <laughs> this is not the proper song for the time frame, but this damn it had to be the last song. There's no other way around it. Uh, 
That's because Bernie had a life. like my old piano. Once he gets into your grief, this had to be the last song of the movie. This had to be. There's no way to dance around it. Thank you. 
so over 28 years now, since about, well, 29. Yeah. <laughs> After he left rehab, Elton set up a charity for AIDS patients. Yep. He's raised over $450 million and helped people over the world. Elton and Bernie, and they still haven't had an argument. <laughs> Good. And there's his happy ending. Yep. And he's a good father. Well, he's retiring. He's to spend more time with his kids. Yeah. But he's also, you know, he could be a shitty father, and he's a good father. Yeah. Oh, this song won best song this year. Lee Hall. I'm going to look that person up. That was a good screenplay. And I love how honest he was about himself. I mean, I talk about that, but I've seen too many biopics where they... See, they're showing what was real to truth, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love those old pictures. <laughs> Yeah, that outfit. That was from the Muppets. Adam Murray, he did good. Well, I do love that, that they showed it. Almost every costume and uh, most stuff is actually real, you know. Oh, it's yep. a great picture. See, look, there he is in the corner, miserable. He almost got banned from Australia over that stunt. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> That's a perfect fit. That's really that kid was great. Both those both those kids were perfect. Perfectly cast. Yeah. If I had to pick between the two, Rocket Man is 200 times better than Bohemian Rhapsody ever was. Oh, yeah. It was. And because it wasn't a happy movie, not because it was. Well, it could have been a much. It's just, I don't know. It, it was, the writer chose the wrong things, that's all, in that film. Well, it was the band members, uh, Brian, May, the other three. They wanted to make a movie to make them look good. Their original script of it, where the guy that played Borat was going to play Freddy, he quit. Why? Because they were going to kill Freddy halfway through the freaking movie, and the the other half would be them 
soldiering on without Freddy. Well, that wouldn't be Bohemian Rhapsody, would it? No, Queen was Freddy, Freddy was Queen. Just like, uh, just like if they had wrote this movie and downplayed Bernie. Right, they could not do that. Right, I totally agree. Someday maybe there will be a Queen movie that's, you know, good. Well, the guy who played Freddy was good. Go bring him off. I don't like that guy too much. I liked it as a kid. But this is the most 70s song he ever did. <laughs> yes, definitely. This is pop, pop, pop. Yeah. But I can see myself driving in my car singing the song. Came on the radio. Yeah, it's the kind of song along. you come on the radio, you'll be singing it. But yeah, you wouldn't admit you like absolutely. it. No, oh, I didn't like that song. I didn't buy it. Nobody knows me. I know this song really well. Yeah, this, this was actually one of his biggest hits of the 70s, which is surprising all the good stuff that he had out. Well, but, because it's pop. It's so poppy. Yeah. But really, back then, the real fans would listen to the album cuts, not the singles. Like uh, Border Song, Mona Lisa and Mad Hatters. Right. Of course. Like, my favorite songs of Queens are the album cuts. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. If you love the artist and the only one that you have is the greatest hits album, then you don't love the artist. Then you don't love that, that one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Unless because it's, uh, everyone owned the Eagles' greatest hit in the 70s. I think it was one of those things, they, you didn't buy it, they just mandatory handed you out a copy when you turned teenager in the 70s. <laughs> well, usually you go out, they would put a song on the radio, it would become a hit, you'd go out and buy the album. This was back in the days when you could actually buy music and um, and it wasn't hooked to your goddamn phone. And um, usually the song that you liked the best on the album was the next song to be released out in the wild on the radio because it was the better song. And so, yeah, um, yeah so, you know, the albums, getting the album was always worth it. Yeah, they would give the whole album to the DJ and just say, play what you like. And then if something really stuck, then that would be the next single. Like, I don't think Crocodile Rock was a single until it really started getting played on the radio. I can't remember. I cannot remember. I just remember 
I just remember it at every party I ever went to. Crocodile Rock played. I just... So I can't remember the if it was played first album, then on... Uh, then on the radio, I just can't remember that stuff. Hours in the <laughs> 80s was stuff like Cinder, was a Bon Jovi, the, uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Right. Don't know what you got till it's gone by Cinderella because we wanted to seem, we wanted to seem sensitive so the girls would talk to us. Right, all the ballad songs, yeah, the big hair bands with their ballads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Vicky won't. <laughs> Vicky will be back on sporadically, but not as much as she's been on this past month because she's going to hell. I mean, well, no, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> there Just is everybody no listening, wish her luck, bless her heart. Oh man, I wish I could retire. This is going to be a, a one heck of a ride trying to do distance learning per the school district's uh, rules and regulations. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, I'm going to be pretty busy probably the next couple weeks. So I'll come back on whenever you want me to and whenever we can fit it in. Yeah, whenever we can fit it in. Yeah. And I love doing these movies with you, too, so we'll figure out. What is it that we wanted to watch? I can't remember now because my brain is. That way. The cube, that's right. And then there's also something else, like the thing or something that we are going to watch too. Yeah, the thing. Yes. Well, we'll watch it. But yes, I'm. It's movies like Rocket Man and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is why I missed the movies this summer. Not the big Hollywood, flashy Marvel movies or the Godzilla movies and all that. Right, right. Although I oh, do when like I went to see Rocket those movies. Man, there was no one under my age group <laughs> at that movie. <laughs> of course not. The uh, I venture to say this because I sometimes listen to the music the kids bring into the the classroom. But anyone that's like under under forty, thirty five. The, the, they don't know what good music is. They just don't, and especially anyone under twenty-five, they they can't identify. Yeah, good music. and the reason why is uh, best described in that one scene at the first of Almost Famous, where his sister moves out and leaves her albums, and he finds them and listens to them. Right. Right. They don't have music collections nowadays. No. No, because it's all on your phone. And you have to buy it piece by piece. And it's ridiculous. What they or have you done go to, to music. like Spotify, which I do love listening to. Yeah, but Spotify mostly plays old. Well, you know. When you tell it to play something, it doesn't play innovative, cool, new music. It plays the hits from before. Yeah. And only selected artists from today. It's just, there's just not the variety. 
No. But oh well. But I, I'm glad. Well, I knew you would like this. Just oh yeah. I didn't know you were that big of a Elton John fan, but I just knew you'd like it because this is just damn. <laughs> well, Elton John is I, you know, it's part of my life. Growing up, like even. Uh, like the Eagles, you mentioned the Eagles. The Eagles are part of my life. I grew up with them, so I know every single one of their songs on every single album because I grew up with it. And or I was a young and adult. And I grew up with, of uh, course, the Eagles' Greatest Hits Volume One. Yeah, but I saw the Eagles when they were making those hits. <laughs> yeah. By the time I could have seen it was when they was charging $100 a ticket to see him, and I was like, up yours. Oh, I remember. I remember that. They were at the Hollywood Bowl, and people were like, I just saw him two years ago, and the tickets now are tripled. You know, I remember that vividly. It's like, okay, I guess my concert days are over. Yeah, when I went to see uh, George Clinton in the early 90s, that was... $15 $15 a ticket. You can't get anything for $15 now. And to close now. it out, I'm going to tell my stupidest story. My sister went to see Kiss in 1980. Yeah. And I said to her, and I quote, and this is the goodbye, you stupid idiot, you're paying $8 for a ticket? <laughs> I was in my only concert crush, I mean, where the people were rushing the gates at a KISS concert. I freaking hated it. I thought I was going to be stomped to death. <laughs> I say so much at a concert, I see Pete Joe, and this, the crowd was just coming over like a giant wave. And right next to me, right next to the gate was this little... She was 21, but she was a little tiny slip of a girl. If she was five foot, I'd be shocked. <laughs> so I seen the wave coming, and I elbowed her as hard as I could in her chest to knock her the freaking way. That was good. And she was like, you dick, and then, oh, God, my wrist. <laughs> If she would have been there, it would have been a bloody mess. (laughs) Well, goodbye, everybody, and we'll see you next week. And thank you to everyone for listening, and this summer has been short but sucky. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Good night.